Take your Bibles, turn to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. We're going to be in the last half of the chapter. <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 10. We're going to start reading in verse number 27. And keep your Bibles ready because we're going to use them tonight. This is one of those Bible studies that nobody's going to like it, including the guy giving it, all right? I'm preaching it myself tonight, so uh, this, this, this comes back to all of us, just so you know. Uh, Hebrews chapter 10, verse number 27. But a certain fearful looking for of judgment and a fiery indignation which shall devour the adversaries. He that despised Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses. Of how much more sore punishment, suppose ye, shall he be thought worthy, who hath trodden underfoot the Son of God, and hath counted the blood of the covenant, wherewith he was sanctified, and an unholy, an unholy thing, got my tongue tangled up there, sorry, and hath done despite unto the Spirit of grace, for we know him that hath said, Vengeance belongeth unto me, I will recompense, saith the Lord. And again, the Lord shall judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. But call to remembrance the former days, in which, after ye were illuminated, ye endured a great fight of afflictions. Now I want you to notice something. We're going to keep reading in a second. He talks about being angry, upset, people with fiery indignation, people that have been disobedient and wanting to strike back at people, and God says, vengeance is mine, I will repay. Then it says, but call to remembrance the former days, in which after you were illuminated, you endured great, uh, the, a great fight of afflictions. Notice he said we were <laughs> fighting afflictions after we got saved. Partly, while she were made a gazing stock, both by reproaches and afflictions, and partly while she became companions of them that were so used. For ye had compassion of me and my bonds, and took joyfully the spoiling of your goods, knowing in yourselves that ye have in heaven a better and an enduring substance. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which ye have great recompense of reward. He said, don't lose your don't lose your confidence in me. Look at verse uh, nine, or 36. For you have need of patience, that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come, and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them who draw back under perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Now, <clears throat> like I said, tonight's Bible study is going to be a key to unlock a door. <laughs> For some, it may be a key to lock a door uh, of anger, bitterness, and a negative outlook on life. It is amazing to me how many Christians can see the problem in everything and have no hope. Everybody doing okay? I haven't even started yet. Hang on. You're going to get really upset in a little while. <clears throat> the, this is the key to watching the world implode with evil. 
I preached on being a, a prisoner of hope this last Sunday. Uh, I don't get discouraged reading the news. I get encouraged. There's people in this room, you should never read the news because all you do is bellyache and complain and whine and cry about it all day long. You say, preacher, how come you don't? Because it means we're one step closer to Jesus coming. You're focused on the wrong part of it. And you're focused on the vengeance and not the faith. And God says we're not to live by vengeance, we're to live by faith. And learning to live by faith and not by vengeance, it will unlock everything that you need so as not to be so negative and nasty and and bitter and angry all the time. You see, uh, we have the hope of eternal things. We read it here in Hebrews 10. It says, look, look what we have to look forward to. Eternal things. Everything is set in heaven. Folks, this is as bad as it will ever get for us. If this is as bad as it ever gets, hoorah. Anybody doing it? Well, it, it could be, yeah, it could be a whole lot better. But did you know 100 years ago they were facing the same things you're facing today? I hate to disappoint you. I read an autobiography, it's about, about 600 pages or so, of uh, William McKinley this summer. <laughs> I could show you things that William McKinley faced with the, with the United States media that we're seeing today. Word for word. Politically, same things we're seeing today. Same corruption. Same tactics. Hasn't changed in 120 years. Literally. It is identical. And we don't realize, we think, well, it's never been this bad. Yes, it has. I can prove that it has because Jesus hasn't come back. And he said, until it's like the days of Noah and the days like Lot, then the coming of the Son of Man will be. So it has been worse than it is now twice in world history. Quit your belly aching. Everybody doing okay? Uh, you see, this will keep you from crawling in the mud, in the mire, in the despair of the world. I don't crawl through the mud of the despair. I'm a pretty happy, hopeful person. Everybody doing okay? I'm going to show you how tonight. We all wish we could see sin, evil, liberalism, and our enemies go down in fiery flames. Let's face it. Uh, last time I talked to my son, he's headed to Jordan in about six weeks. And I said, make sure you shoot a commie for mommy. Amen. I have no problem with that. I'm against our enemies. But at the same time, I'm not going to have a bad outlook on it. You see, (laughs) we see the wrong and the damage they do. We, in our flesh feel we need to beat or destroy them for truth's sake and for the good of all the people. Uh, Just before I left for church tonight, I had something happen and honestly it got me angry. It takes a lot to get me angry, but I got angry. It wasn't yelling at my wife or anything like that. It was a text and I was trying to help a young preacher. And I told my wife, in my flesh, I want to do thus and so. 
And as my sweet wife does, she'll preach to me and say, but that's not going to fix anything. <clears throat> I know. I just told you what I wanted to do. I didn't tell you I was going to do it. I said, that's what my flesh wants to do. Wisdom says, answer not a fool according to his folly. Now, uh, what I wanted to do in my flesh was fire back. And it wasn't even an attack on me. It was to protect a younger preacher. But my flesh wants to take vengeance. But I must not take vengeance. I must live by faith. Let God take care of it. Everybody doing okay? You see, the fact is, when we live by vengeance, we're no better than our enemy. When we step down to fight them, the key word was down. We just got down in the muck and the mire with them. And I'm not about to waller in the hog pen with a bunch of hogs. I pull out the gun, shoot them, and drag them out and turn them into bacon. Amen? Too many Christians, and listen to me very carefully here. Too many Christians take a fleshly approach to, the opposition, to opposition in their enemies. And I really need your attention tonight. Uh, when we, we then have a negative, nasty slant to life. Something happens and it twists our tail or twists our nose. And we get a, a negative slant to everything. We want to see the wrong in everything. We want to point out what we think is wrong in everything. You know, a two-year-old can point out something wrong. Just because you can see something that you don't agree with doesn't mean you need to tell everybody. Uh, you say, well, uh, but, 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 yeah, you want to play God. You see, when we see everything that is wrong, we get upset, we get discouraged, we get depressed, we get angry, we get frustrated because we think things should be getting better and better. Can I tell you something? That is 180 degrees from what scripture said. That's right. Scripture said in the last days, perilous times shall come. Yes, sir. Have you ever read that passage? It doesn't sound like it's going to get better and better. It's going to get worse and worse. So why are we so disillusioned when it gets worse and worse? Just because it's affecting you doesn't mean it's gotten worse. Ouch. We become as guilty and almost as nasty as those that are opposed to us. For me to respond to the thing that made me angry tonight, I become as dirty and nasty and as wrong as the one who is doing wrong to that young preacher. Everybody see the correlation here? So why do we live this way? Tonight, we're going to see what God says, how we should act, and how we should behave, and how we should think. It's called faith, not vengeance. Faith, not vengeance. Number one, vengeance is God's area, not ours. Vengeance is God's area, not ours. Look at verse number 30. Hebrews chapter 10, verse number 30. For we know him 
that hath said, Vengeance belongeth unto who? Huh. I will re- recompense, saith who? And again, the Lord shall judge his people. In other words, we need to let God take care of the opposition. We shouldn't step in and be his spokesperson. You see, the word vengeance, it is the word retaliate. It literally means to hurt someone back for hurting you. Um, It's like when you had two kids and one hit one and the other said, well, you hit me, so I'm going to hit you. Husbands and wives do the same thing. One says something nasty, so the other says something nasty back, and then it's just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, like a ping pong match. Well, you said this, so I'm going to say this. That's called vengeance. Ouch, we just went from preaching to meddling real fast, didn't we? Uh huh. Now, God is the one that is to take care of the, the striker, or we should not strike back. That's why Jesus said if somebody hits you on the cheek, turn the other cheek. Thank God I've only got two cheeks, amen? Uh, After that, we're going to (laughs) fight. But uh, you have to understand, sometimes you have to take it on the chin. Say, but I shouldn't have to. The big person always will. You're not a big person because you can fire back. You're a big person when you don't fire back when you could have. Boy, that's good stuff. Look at verse 27. Go back to verse 27 with me. But a certain fearful looking for judgment in a fiery indignation, which shall devour the adversaries. In other words, we're looking for ways to destroy them. He that despised Moses' law, people that hate the Bible. Verse 29, of how much sore punishment. Suppose ye shall he be thought worthy who hath trodden underfoot the Son of God. People that talk bad about God. Can I tell you something? Don't waste your time with them. There was a day I enjoyed talking to Jehovah's false witnesses and morons. I mean Mormons. My dad would sick me loose as a teenager and I'd turn them inside out for a while. I kept them so busy they wouldn't go to the rest of the doors in the neighborhood. Now, wait a minute, but one day I grew up. I don't argue with anybody over it anymore. <laughs> I, I, I end the argument before I start. I'll say, do you believe that Jesus Christ is the only begotten Son of God who came as the Lamb of God to take your sin away and that you get saved by grace through faith? No. Okay, see you later. But, but, no, there, there, there's no fight. I'm not going to change you. You're not going to change me because you're not changing the word of God in my presence. See you later. And that's as far as I get with an argument with them. Could I spend hours showing them scripture? Yes, but God says, answer not a fool according to his folly. Don't try to get involved in arguments with people. I don't argue with anybody over the word of God. I'm not about to. I'll show them what God says and say, okay, what, show me where, where, where you support your, your argument here. Well, there's no support. Okay, then you're wrong. God's right. <laughs> I was talking, I was knocking on doors one day years and years and years and years ago, and a woman preacher came to the door. 
She said, I'm the pastor and my husband's the assistant pastor. I, she said, what do you think of that? I th- said, it's unscriptural. She almost spit her false teeth out at me. She said, where did you get that? I turned to the book of 1 Timothy, showed her the uh, qualifications of a pastor. It says the husband of one wife, not the wife of one husband. I said, show me. Well, that just means you should only be married once. I said, ma'am, God said it very clearly here. The husband of one wife. I said, show me one priest in the Old Testament that was a woman. Show me one apostle that was a woman. I said, I have, I have the utmost respect for ladies, but God didn't call you to be a pastor. Plain and simple. I said, so don't give me that garbage. She didn't like that. I didn't particularly care for her either. Uh, you see, we're to let God take care of the enemy. We're not supposed to be the one doing it. Uh, by the way, God has a way of taking care of it better than we can. He may not do it when you want it done, but I'm here to shout, when they wake up in hell, they're going to realize they've had a tough go. You see, (laughs) uh, and let me just say it this way, we're not supposed to judge everybody based on the fact that one person did wrong. (laughs) Uh, Well, I don't trust churches because I know a pastor that did wrong. Okay. How many times do you still go to the doctor? Oh, yeah. Well, I know doctors that have done wrong. Why would you go to a doctor? Am I doing okay? Just because there's a doctor or a pastor or a mechanic or a businessman that did wrong doesn't mean they're all that way. Boy, that's good stuff. Turn to Romans chapter 12 very quickly here. Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, look at verse number 17. Romans chapter 12, verse 17. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thy who? Enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. Too many of us want to heap coals of fire on their head, but not do good in the process. We just want to burn them. You see, let God take care of the vengeance. You do kindly. Do you know there's nothing sweeter than winning an enemy back as a friend? I've gotten the opportunity to do it many times. I have a man that hated my internal organs for quite a while. Years. A problem came in his life one day. He contacted me and asked me to pray. By the way, I get a text from him every morning. 
He was up at 1.40 this morning and texted me. He said, I can't sleep. God woke me up. Pray for you. Pray for your church. He's never been to this church. Never will come. But he's praying for us. He said, I love you, brother. I'll take going through the problems we went through to win him back. Everybody doing okay? Some of you would rather have burned him and let him fry in hell. No, I'd rather win him back. You see, vengeance belongs to God, not us. Number two, I got to hurry. Don't worry, there's only three points tonight. We need to keep our... uh, I don't know how else to say this. We need to keep our appearing before God before us. In other words, look, look at verse number 31. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. Now, look at me. What do I mean by our appearing before him? The Bible says that one day all of us will give an account of our own life before him. When you stand before God himself, and he looks at you and says, okay, Mr. Bush, in February of 2024, you had an opportunity to do something against that person who was hurting somebody, but you chose not to. I think God's going to say, well done. Not why did you do what you wanted to do? Everybody doing okay? Okay. Before I do what my flesh says do, I forward myself to standing before God and say, I won't face you for it. What should I do? When in doubt, stand before God and see what he's going to think. Well, I don't want to do it that way, preacher. Right. But you're still going to stand before God anyway. See... I've said this a lot lately, living with eternity in view. We should live today for eternity, not just for today. We should react in every situation for eternity's sake, not just because it affected us negatively. Boy, that's good stuff. Amen, preacher. By the way, God says fearful thing to fall in the hands of a living God. You know, it's not a fearful thing to fall in the hands of Buddha. He can't reach you anyway because his belly's too big. (laughs) Yeah, buddy. Uh, It's not a fearful thing to fall into man's gods because they're not real. You will stand before a living God. A holy, eternal God who is just And he has never done anything wrong. Maybe we ought to think about that before we do what we're thinking about doing. Before we pop off and say to our spouse or to our kids, just to poke at them, just to get them angry, just so that we can get what we want, how about we look at what others need and what they want? Boy, that's good stuff. We will stand before God not just for what we do, but how we do. 
Let's let God decide the fate of the wrongdoer. Let's not have us decide the fate of the wrongdoer. That's why, as long as this preacher's got breath in his lungs, there's never going to be a day where we pull somebody from there, bring them up here, and let them tell, make them tell you all the bad things they did. Amen. None of your business, and you, you can't forgive them anyway. Only God can. Amen. Are they doing all right? Well, there's just some sins that need to be made public. Show me that in the Scripture. Show me one place in the Scripture. Everybody doing okay? (laughs) I've read it a few times. Trust me, I know it's not in there. You see, too many times we, we think because we've been hurt, we've been violated, somebody said something to us that we have the right to fire back. No, you don't. Even in... Even if you're arrested, you have the right to remain silent. Because anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. Maybe we ought to bring that down into our marriages and our child rearing and our friendships and our work relationships and realize even if you're right, keep your mouth shut and let right prove itself. You know, you don't have to scream and holler. Usually the people that scream the loudest are the ones that are most wrong. Guaranteed. The protesters weren't right. People who scream the loudest. Oh, we need to pay their college debts off. No, get off your backside and go to work. You should have thought about that before you went into debt. It's not our job to pay it. Everybody doing okay? We don't need a new border deal. We just need to enforce the one that's on the books, Mr. McConnell. Man, I'm having fun right now. Hang on. God wants us to act right, not react sinfully. Psalm 119, 165. Great peace have they, which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Nothing shall offend them. I remember about, ooh, seven, eight, nine years ago, we were in the old warehouse building down the road, and I had somebody, I had a kid spit in my face before I preached. Now, my flesh wanted to pop his little head off and spit down the hole. And I grabbed a hold of that kid and handed him to another adult and said, Here, you take him before I go to jail. And I went into the bathroom and I washed my face off and I hit the pulpit without anybody knowing. But while I was whitewashing my face, I said, Holy Spirit, you're going to have to do something because this is not natural. My flesh really wants to rear up right now. Now, (laughs) I didn't. I told that parent that they ought to take that kid right to the police station because I'd be afraid to sleep at night because he's the kind of kid that slates your throat at night. By the way, he spent half his teen years in juvie and is in jail now. The way it goes. But I wasn't going to react wrongfully. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. The world is all about uh, today. 
now? What can I get out of it? How about Christians be about eternity? Not about what we get out of today. If we act in our flesh, we don't give God a chance to do what he wants to do. When we react in our flesh, we jump ahead and play God. We take God's job and ability away from him when we react in our flesh. Everybody doing okay? Man, I feel like I'm lonely here tonight. All right. So, vengeance is God's area, not ours. We need to keep our appearance before God when we stand before him at judgment before us at all times. Number three. How do we do this? Glad you asked. God wants us to respond by faith. God says, I want you to respond by faith. Look at verse 32. Now, notice in verse 30, it says, vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. Verse 32. But call to remembrance the former days in which, after you were illuminated, you endured a great fight of afflictions, partly while you were made a gazing stock, both by the reproaches and afflictions, and partly while you came unto them and so used. Uh, verse 34. For ye had compassion of me and my bonds, and took joyfully the spoiling of your goods, knowing in yourselves that ye have in heaven a better and enduring substance. Wow. Now, skip down to verse 36. For you have need of patience. Ugh. That after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Look at verse 38. Now the just shall live by faith. Now everybody look at me for a second. We're going to talk about this. Uh, I got 16 minutes. I'll talk for 15. You are going to have to learn to endure and take it. God says you are a gazing stock. You are the laughing stock of the town. You were that hitching post that everybody was laughing at. Oh, yeah, you're that preacher, huh? Yep, that's me. Oh, you're, you just think you're holier than thou. No, I think God is. <laughs> now, wait a minute. He said you're going to endure uh, affliction. You're going to endure being a gazing stock, reproach. People are going to make fun of you. They're going to uh, be angry and, and all kinds of things. And yet, God says, we're to endure that because he's the one that gives vengeance, not us. And it's going to take patience. And you get patience by faith. And I'm going to show you that in just a second here. You see, you're going to be used wrongly. Did you know people in the world want to use you wrongly? Brother Juan, the, the feller that, at your new house, he said, I can't believe the pastor would show up to help somebody like this. I said, I can't help where you go to church. I reached in my pocket and handed him gospel track. I said, come to my church, I'll help. Young guy. I said, I just live over here. He said, oh, who was your builder? I said, Tyler. 
He said, oh, Tyler and I, we're, we're good. For, I said, tell him Pastor Bush said hello. I said, I was building my church at the same time I was building my house. And he came over and looked at the church building, the construction of the church building. And we've had, I said, I didn't tell him this, but I led the builder of my house to the Lord. Standing right back there where the PA booth is. Man that built my house, I want him to Christ. Inside our church building. <laughs> get him any way we can get him, amen? Can I tell you something? <laughs> the, the world is going to try to use you wrongly. You ought to have seen all the people out there. I'm walking around in a suit. They're pouring concrete on uh, steps and they're doing all kinds of work out there. And these guys are, they thought I was the police or something, you know? <laughs> Guess what? You're going to suffer loss. Your feelings are going to get hurt. But may I say something? <laughs> uh, we have an unlimited supply of the Holy Ghost of God for eternity. Why do we want to live by our flesh? <sighs> Look at verse 35. Cast not away therefore your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. In other words, why are you so bummed out about everything going on? God didn't die. Well, preacher, the, the national debt is, you know, $36 trillion. Okay, God didn't die. One of the precursors needed for Antichrist to set up a one world government is for the world to, to go bankrupt. When America goes down... Jesus comes back. Everybody doing okay? But, 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 yeah, that means Jesus is coming. Get excited. Quit getting so twisty-nosed. Look like witchy-poo or something. Got, got your nose all cranked up and a wart on it and everything else. But, 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 preacher, yeah, I know. It's getting worse and worse. He said it would. That means we're getting closer and closer. Don't get so wound up about it. Don't lose your confidence in God. By the way, we're to live by faith. Now the just shall live by faith. Now you're not going to like what I'm about to say. Turn just a page or two over to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. <laughs> Everybody look at me. I love you, but you ain't going to like this. This is going to be worse than Vic's cough syrup, amen? <laughs> Verse number two. My brethren, is he talking to saved or lost people? My brethren and sistren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your what? Worketh what? Patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. God says that we are to get patience by the trying of our faith. And with that trying of the faith, we get stronger faith. But it only comes by patience. Patience is not something any of us want. Or as my father would say, he says, I have all the patience God ever gave me because I've never used any. 
And that may be true, but uh, that's not the way we're supposed to live, all right? Uh, patience, <laughs> patience always follows faith. You have to live by faith, go through the process of patience to get to the byproduct of faith. Buy four acres of ground, clear it, build a building on it, and you ain't got no money. It took faith. You have no idea the patience it took. Especially dealing with the county. And the county. And the county. And everything else. Can I tell you something? I had to have faith that we were going to get her done. Then I had to have the patience to keep from killing everybody. Just to get it done. You see, let patience have its perfect work. That doesn't mean sinless, it means complete. Uh, Please don't take this, and I'm going to be sensitive as I say this. A lady doesn't get pregnant and have a baby the next day. There's patience involved. There's faith involved. What makes you think any other trial or tribulation is any different? There is a process that you go through that takes time and patience. You know, it's not Polaroid instamatic. You know, you push the button and boom, here it pops out, you know. Wave it and here's your picture, here's your baby. And it doesn't happen that way. It takes faith and patience. Well, most every problem you have in life is going to be the same way. But preacher, what if uh, Biden wins the next election? (laughs) Jesus is coming back faster. Say, aren't you worried? No, I'm not. I will continue to do right no matter who's in the White House. I'm going to continue to do right no matter what. And my hope isn't in the politics, it's in God. And the worse it gets out there, the faster Jesus is coming back. I don't get all disillusioned. I don't read the news and get all fired up. I read it and get excited. These stupid people. They're doing exactly what God said. Hmm. Does that mean you're coming back today, Jesus? You're all wound up, twisted, and and, and, good night. You're about ready to have three migraines and four, four calves. You're so upset at everybody and everything just because you read the news. Then quit reading the stupid news and read the word of God. You've got to have faith that God's going to take care of this mess. By the way, I've read the book of Revelation. I read the last chapter. We win. Quit worrying about it. Nothing that the devil can throw at you will compare to what God can do if we just had faith to endure. I have a little motto by which I live. I can outlast anybody. I've, I've won some pretty hard critters. Say why? Haven't changed. Outlasted them. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 
I've got six minutes. Hang on. First Corinthians chapter 13. Look at verse number 11. And that knowing the time that now is, uh, now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than we have believed. Uh, I'm in Romans. Something didn't look right. I'm thinking, I didn't remember that when I read it earlier today. Now I'm in the right spot. Now this is the verse. There's only one book off, folks, all right? I was in the right Bible. I was just in the wrong book of the Bible. Uh, look at verse uh, 10, uh, 1 Corinthians 13. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part will be done away. Now watch this. When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Now, everybody stop for a second. All of 1 Corinthians 13 is talking about charity and love. And God says, when I was a child, I thought about love like a child. It's all about me. What do I get? I understood as a child. Well, I didn't get what I want. You need to give me what I want for me to be happy. I want to be loved. I don't know how to love. I thought as a child. Children are selfish. Children are naturally selfish. That's my toy. My daughter was laughing at my grandson the other day because he was playing in the nursery and he's known for taking everybody else's toys. Well, one of the kids came over and took his toys and he didn't think it was as enjoyable. I said, good. I said, get them all to take them away from him. I said, that's how he's going to learn. She said, oh, I know. She said, it's good for him. Now, wait a minute. It says, when I became a man, I put away childish things. In other words, we're not supposed to want to be loved. We're supposed to want to be the lover. We're not supposed to be the one that has to get everything. We're the ones that should be the ones that want to give everything. Maturity gives it does not get verse 4 12 for now we see through a glass darkly but then face to face now i know in part but then shall i know even as also i am known now watch this now and now abideth faith hope charity these three but the greatest of these is charity. But I want you to notice something. Faith and hope are right up there with charity. So we're to live by faith. Having hope in our faith. Loving God enough with our hope in our faith. So that we don't have to take vengeance. Don't you think after almost 35 years, I've wanted to say something to my wife that I didn't agree with? But I've chosen not to. 34 and a half years we've been married, we've never argued. We've never raised our voices to one another. It could change tonight. I get it. But thus far, we've made it. 
Can I tell you why? I'm not willing to scream and holler at my house. I'd rather be wrong by not fighting than prove my point by fighting and be wrong with my attitude. My position will stand. Doing right will be right. I don't have to do it with a bad attitude. Everybody doing all right? Man, I'm having fun right now. Your faith will be tested. It's during these times we either let God have control or we jump in and play God ourselves. And we react with vengeance. I can't do God's job as well as God does. I'm not going to let my enemy or my opposition make me stoop down to their level. I'll step above. I'm going to live by faith. Oh, as I said tonight, just a couple hours ago, my flesh wanted to do something. I told my flesh, step aside, and we'll live by faith and let God take care of the rest. I didn't say I didn't have flesh that wanted to do something. But very quickly, I had to say, I'm not going to let my flesh do this. I'm going to let God take care of it. How about you? Every head bowed, every eye closed, I'm done. Vengeance or faith? Your attitude about everything in life could be fixed with that one Bible study. Instead of seeing the negative, how about we start looking for the good things?